0: Then this class is about the partial of this week, the rabbis talk about, about the Parsha. We start, we send, usually the class is Sunday morning. But well, because my dear friend, Sunday morning, I went to visit the rabbis gravesite In New York, it was the rabbis yard site. And I, as I told before, I was waiting for four and a half hours online. Who's yeah. counting? Hmm. I'm counting. Wow. And the next time, I would bring a folding chair with me. Yeah, you should. <laughs> but if I would bring a folding chair, somebody who is older than me would ask for me to sit to sit down. and head. I wouldn't enjoy it anyway. Then what's the point of trying? Then uh, what it was very meaningful were a lot, a lot of people. Most of the people standing in line were younger than me. Most of the people. So many older people came. They saw the line is so long. They stood a little bit and they gave up. They went. They left. Many people came a day before, many people come a day after. But it was very meaningful to be there with yes. so many people, many of my friends. In this long line, because the line goes both ways, you meet many people that you would never meet them. Mm-hmm. Everybody's standing on line, and the line is moving slowly. Then we will learn this week, a parche, this part parche is Pasha's Chukas. What we do is we read first source number one. There's a story from the Pasha, and we'll go from there ask from Dr. Orchen to read source number one.
1: They traveled on from Hor Mountains by way of the South Sea to bypass the Edomite territory. The people began to become discouraged along the way.
0: They got, they went around from Orar. It was too many bad things happened there in this, until we came to this point, the Jewish people. That was 39 years later. That's already, you see, Parashat Koirach happened 39 years before. After the world the earth opened your mouth, it was quiet in the desert for 38 years. Nobody was moving. Right. And then, that's the that's complaints we you know by the end, by the four-year tear, basically.
2: Unbelievable, you go from...
0: It's a new generation.
2: Years, 38 years.
0: You bet, you if, you have a sink, if you have a sinkhole, it's quiet for 38 years, mm-hmm. that's, that's a prescription. Right. But then there's a new generation who doesn't right. remember the sinkhole, they they start again to complain, but uh, tradition. Huh? Traditionally. people Traditionally. died out. Yeah, most of the people have died out, but the people, but the personalities didn't die. They complained just like they did there eight years ago. Well they complained? Go ahead. The people spoke out against God and Moses.
1: Why did you take us out of Egypt to die in the desert? There is no bread or water, and we are disgusted by this insubstantial food.
0: What an original idea. We never heard it before. 38 <laughs> years later, the same complaint. At least Feintang can do.
1: They're looking for a restaurant. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> they are tired of the mana. Mana is like, you know, it's like sushi. It's like you, you pop it out of the kitchen, you know. It's schwach. It's, <laughs> it's the same thing. Maybe sushi is better. I don't know. Well, I can actually get more of that
2: after 38 years sushi. with the man. <laughs>
1: Sushi with an <laughs> not a Z.
0: No, not a <laughs> you, I hope you don't get tired of this.
1: Go ahead. God sent poisonous snakes against the people. They bit the people, and many Israelites died.
0: Many, people, yeah, poison snakes.
1: The people came to Moses and said, We have sinned by speaking against God and you. Pray to God and have him take the snakes away from us. Moses prayed for the people.
0: Moses prayed for the people right away. The snakes came and attacked them, and many died. Moses prayed right away to the people. They were complaining to him, they were, com- they were fighting him. He didn't hold the gorge for a second, and that's going to be the whole discussion. Go ahead.
1: God said to Moses, Make yourself a snake and place it on a pole. Anyone who is bitten shall look at it and live. Moses made a.
0: Basically, what should he make? He should take a, a snake. On a pole, told Paul, and make it like a snake. You know, that's the picture that we have on the Med- medical.
2: Kedushas. Uh,
0: Kedushas? Yeah. That sounds like a Jewish word. Kedusha. <laughs> Kedusha.
2: <laughs>
1: okay.
0: Greek Jew. Yeah, Greek Jew, my <laughs> boy. And they make it, now it became an idol thing. I think it was, became a, a Christian symbol. Then it's not such a Jewish but it's originally, it originally comes from the Bible, yeah. Okay, what did Moses did? Moses made?
1: Moses made a copper snake and placed it on a pole. Whenever a snake hit a man, he would gaze at the copper snake and live.
0: If you picked up his eyes and he looked at the copper snake, he was killed. Why? Because when he lifted up his eyes and he remembered God, they didn't put look at the snake only. He lifted up his eyes and he remembered the above. And he remembered God. Then he left.
1: It's so the same analysis in the Amalek fight when.
0: The same. Raising, raising the it's all about the same thing. It's just different symbols. And what's a mezuzah to remember God? And what's his film, is is again to remember God. It's all items and ways. And, and you know, it's written in a shul should be big windows. Why? You should be able to see the sky. That's why we don't have your uh, stained glass windows. Second reason—that's uh, a by the way—that it's cost a lot of money. But that's not the real reason. <laughs> the real reason is because we need to see the sky. You
1: get all these like Taylor can... all,
0: all the stained, stained glass—they glass. cover up a shame from your eyes.
1: Everywhere, from floor to ceiling.
0: Yeah, it's a special thing. It's written in the Code of Jewish Law that you need to have big windows you should be able to see the sky and remember God. That's why we have this big window here. And that's why we don't have the stained glass. Not because we don't have the money for it. <laughs> no, not for <so> a <laughs> Here comes Rashi. He says something very interesting. Tony, you go ahead. Moses prayed. This teaches us that when someone is asked for
2: forgiveness,
0: he should not be so cruel as to refuse it. He should not be cruel to refuse it. Somebody comes to you and says, I'm sorry, forgive me. I hurt you, forgive me. And it says, don't be cruel. Rashi uses the word, don't be cruel not to forgive him. Forgive him.
2: This teaches us about... Moses.
0: This is on the Medrash, Medrash That's another source, go ahead.
2: This teaches us about Moses, humility. He did not delay praying for them. It also teaches, teaches the power of repentance. As soon as they said we sinned, he forgave them, teaching us that one should not be cruel without forgiveness. Similarly, the verse states, Abraham prayed to God and God healed Abimelech and his wife.
0: Okay, he says that the message is, is elaborating a little about it more. And he brings an example. Where we see another example that somebody had forgiven a person in the Bible... We also see an example of somebody forgiving Joseph, Joseph. Joseph, Joseph. yeah, Joseph Yosef and the brothers, yeah. He forgives the brothers. But here is one example that the Madrash brings from before Joseph. Abraham, as he going to learn the story about Abraham in the text? go ahead. Abraham. Oh, you know what? First, I want to tell you an amazing story. Heard the was once a Hasidic rabbi a chassid came to, his, to some rabbi in Europe to ask a boche for children. And he was traveling for weeks, and he's standing in line, and the line is a long line, and he's trying to go in. And then the rabbi tells him, you, you are not going in today. He gets so upset, he started to argue, he slapped the gabai. The Rebbe was sitting in the room, this Rebbe in Poland, and he hears there is some noise going on in the outside. He pressed the button or the ringer and calls, he calls the guy he said, What's going on? He didn't want to tell him. He said, I'm telling you, tell me. He says, Rebbe, I told the guy not to that he cannot go in, he stopped me. This Rebbe got so upset, he said, What? A Jew lifts up his hand and another Jew in my vicinity, in my synagogue, in my four cubits, Daladamas. I don't want to see him. He goes out He tells him, the rabbi doesn't want to see you altogether. Not tonight, ever. <laughs> the guy was so broken. He's married for 10 years. He doesn't have children. He came traveled for weeks to get a blocker from this great rabbi for children. <laughs> now, not only is not going in tonight. The, guy, the rabbi says he doesn't want to see him. Forget about giving him an umbrella thing. He cried and cried and cried. He came to the gabbai. He says, "Please forgive me. Forgive me." The gabbai says, "I want to help you. Come with me. Well, I'll make it work." He walks into the rebbe with this Jew. He says, "Rebbe, I'm ready to forgive him, but one condition: that you give him a blessing. He should have children." Mm-hmm. The rebbe saw that this Jew, this gabbai, wants to, he cares for him so much. He gave him the blessing of children, and he, had, and he was. You see, this is the whole class that you're going to learn today is about this concept, the power of forgiveness, not just forgiveness. You know what's the American pandemic? Keep grudges. Everybody's keeping grudges from 2000 years ago. In 1960s, no, in 1966. <laughs> yeah, He's holding In 1966, <laughs> my grandfather had a fight with his grandfather, and therefore we don't talk to each other. Me, I met families in preschool that the mother said they don't know why, but they don't they don't know their family. But we know that this we don't speak to them. They, don't, they nobody know why, but they know one thing: the tradition has to continue. We don't talk to them; they don't talk to us. Like the
2: half-fields. And- <laughs>
0: okay, Corey, go ahead. Tell me what you want to no, say. I, 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 I saw a movie once and
2: it had just something that really caught
0: my, uh, my attention no, no. About, about forgiveness. Um, and and the, the woman said, you know, my husband said, I should forgive you because you only have to forgive somebody once. But to resent somebody in your heart is a lifetime. You're right. Very good. Yes. Since then, you forgive everybody. Right, Corey? <laughs> oh, gosh. That, that's some of the people on television. <laughs> 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 OK, we'll read about the story of Avimelech. Go ahead. I'm sorry I interrupted you. That's right. Abraham said, said
2: that his wife Sarah was his sister, and Abimelel, king of Gar, sent messengers
0: and took Sarah. Yeah, right? The story with uh, Abraham came to, to Gerar and he said, this is my sister for the second time. And Avimelech, the king, took her. Go ahead. God came,
2: God came to Avimelech. Now I said, "You will die because of the woman you took. She is already married. Now return the man's wife. He is a prophet. He will pray for you, and you will live. But if you do not return her, know that you will
0: die." Okay. He will die all that is it says, "Avim." God came to Avimelech, and his dream told them, "You touch you having a woman that that is a, she is a married woman. What are you what are you trying to touch her?" And he tells them, Give her back to your husband and go to your husband and ask him to pray for you. You see something very interesting? God is speaking to him in the dream, right? That can, God can, can tell him, Pray to me or I'll, I'll forgive you. God is sending him to Abraham. He should pray for him and only then he will be answered. This is the concept why people, many times people ask, Why we go to pray by a tzaddik? I have a connection with God. What do I need, the tzaddik? We see right here in the beginning of, this, of the Bible. With Abraham, the first Jew, God sends Avimelech. God tells him, go to the tzaddik and he will pray for you and then you'll be answered. Because the tzaddik has better connections. <laughs> Simple as that. The, the line is clearer. In the grave of a tzaddik, the presence of the Shechina, God's presence, is much stronger. Just like you come to we come to services to show, to pray, we can pray at home. God is everywhere. Because the presence of God is here, stronger. In the graveside, it's said that's a, a thousand times stronger. Hashem tells the tells the person to Avimelech, go to Abraham, he should pray for you, and only this is going to work. Okay, continue. So, Avimelech took sheep,
2: cattle, servants, and maid servants, gave them to Abraham, and returned his wife Sarah to him. Yeah. Abraham prayed to God,
0: and God healed that Abraham prayed to God, God. What he needed to heal Avimelech? What was he? How was he stricken? What what happened to him?
2: were Yeah. Yeah,
0: everything. All his, uh, <laughs> all, all his orifices. How you say the word?
1: Orifices.
0: Orifices. Everything opens and closes. Everything opens. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was in big trouble. <laughs> That's why I understood what God wanted from him. It was a very clear message. Hmm. You know, it's interesting, God. When God wants to tell you that something you do is not right, let's say I don't keep kosher the way God wants me to keep, that God will give me a stomachache. Then I'll know that the stomachache has to do with something that is connected to it. If my hand is hurting me, maybe I don't want to put on film right. If my, you know, everything God gives you, he sends you messages. He's not here to hurt you. He's leaving you a message on your answering machine. If your car breaks down, maybe you didn't want to take your mother to the doctor. The messages uh, God gives us, He sends us messages according to what what He wants us to correct. He's not your to hurt us.
1: Measure for measure.
0: That's all. I, that's all idea of measure for measure. You should know what I did wrong. If I have uh, if I have like a kangaroo sauce in my mouth, maybe I spoke a little too much to. Mm-hmm. In other words, you can speak a little bit, When it's too much. You get a kangaroo sauce in mm-hmm. your mouth. That's how much to. Then that, that's how Avimelech understood for me. Then we have here two stories about people who forgiven the others. Abraham forgave the Melech and prayed for him. Moses prayed for the Jewish people, right? But here comes what the Rebbe had to say. Okay, go ahead, Kuhn Oh, yeah, we're at the Rebbe. Yes.
2: What is unique about the story of the snake? In this week's Torah portion, we read that Moses prayed for the people. And Rashi comments, this teaches us that when someone is asked for forgiveness, he should not be so cruel as to refuse.
0: One thing uh, was missing in a word. Rashi comments, from here we learn that whoever, uh, uh, whoever is, if someone is asking for forgiveness, we should learn to forgive him. Rashi says, from here we learn. And the question that the Rebbe is going to have in a minute, why from here? There is already stories of forgiveness before. Abraham, Joseph, what what, what here? What's here more than before? That's the question. Mikan, why from here? This teaches us, like from here we learn. Okay, continue.
2: This raises a question in previous Torah portions. We read about several incidents where... The Israelites disrespected Moses, and he nevertheless prayed for them and tended to their needs. What is unique about this story that caused Rashi to say, this teaches us... This
0: teaches us. For me, we learn. Yeah,
2: go ahead. A new novel concept that we should not be so cruel as to refuse forgiveness when requested. We saw Moses act similarly on several occasions
0: before. Moses had forgiven the Jewish people a thousand times. The golden calf. Why not? Moses complained and Moses forgiven. Moses prayed for them, for God, right? Then what is this? From here we learn the concept of forgiveness. And what we did until now, we didn't forgive a thousand times. That's the question. Okay, um, you want to continue, Mrs. Jaffe? The verse states Abraham prayed to God and God healed Abimelech and his wife. Abraham behaved the same way, choosing to forgive as soon as he was asked. Why does Rashi maintain that specifically this story of Moses teaches us this stuff? The Madrash alone that Rashi brings, Rashi has a source. Rashi lived 900 years ago. He takes all of his commentaries, 99.9.9, from the Talmud and from the Midrash, Midrash right? Then he basically, he knew the whole waste, the whole, everything. And he took the right line from whatever he felt to be the right line to this place. He took this commentary from the Medrash. The Medrash is a little bigger. And he, in the Medrash, when he speaks about it, he says, just like Abraham. Rashi adds, from here we learn. Why Rashi decided from here we learn? Because well, Abraham's story is not good enough for forgiveness. What is here more than the original story? That's the question than the story of Abraham, the story of Joseph, the story of Moses forgiving other times. What's unique about this story?
1: Because Moses, they kept hitting him over the head and he still kept forgiving. <laughs> That's a
0: good point. But you know, you say, no. You, you, basically the Rashi should say, if this is the case, Rashi should say, by the 20th time, Moses still forgives them. You can really learn that what forgiveness is all about. Furthermore,
2: Abraham forgave him. B. When Abraham prayed for Avimelech, God healed him without any preconditions. But when Moses prayed for the people, there was a process.
0: The person needed to first look at the conversation. Then he says uh, the story of Abraham is actually a better story. What's what's worse? Complaining about Moses or taking Abraham's wife? That's much more serious. He took Abraham's wife. Abraham was ready to forgive him. Is greater than what Moses had forgive uh, forgive the Jewish people. Number one, number two, it says there Abraham prayed for him and forgiven and finished. Here, the Jew wanted forgiveness. It was not enough that God prayed for him, that, Abraham, that Moses prayed for him. He had to lift up his eyes, look on the snake, the metal snake, and only then he got forgiveness. Then it was Abraham's story is even better. Then why is it? here is the place that we learn forgiveness? Why here? That's the question. Okay. Source number three, um, you. God
1: spoke to Moses saying, Make yourself two silver trumpets out of beaten metal and use them to assemble the community and
0: to announce the commencement of the journey. That's oh, God, okay. what was going on? We learned a few weeks ago about God told Moses to make himself trumpets, trumpets right? He told them, Make for yourself two silver trumpets. Okay, continue. You see, it was before cell phones. They needed a way to know how to call people. If both trumpets are sound, you know that everybody should get together. If it's only one, you know the leaders has to come together. Rashi says there's something amazing. Make for make yourself. They
1: should be blown before you like a king, as it says there was a
0: king among them. Go to the next line. That's the punchline. Make for yourself. What means for yourself? From your own resources, you pay for it. Asay lecho, from yours. We all we see this that you have to, Moses had to make it from himself.
1: The second so cool. set
0: of tablets. The second. Tablets. Very good. Asay lecho. Where it's written there? Chop for yourself the stones. Psol lecho, Yeah, very good. We're we all, it's written this expression. We're also, we're all. Not about Moses. Before Moses. And the rabbi applied to, to it, it's the same language. Before Moses. Maybe somebody on the Zoom will pass. us. So is it
1: Noah and the
0: Ark? No in the Ark, beautiful. You see, somebody sitting here actually next to me help oh, us. <laughs> No, and the ark, it's written, tevo. make for yourself a, an ark. And the question is, it took him 120 years to build the ark, according to Rashi, the Merdash, right? Mm-hmm. Then the Rebbe once asked, 120 years? What is this? Hashem tells you to build an uh, ark. You hire a few guys, and you do it. The Rebbe said, that he had to make it himself, by himself. Ase lecho, you had to make it. Not somebody else. Then it took him 120 years. One, one man, man operation, it took forever. But you see this, the word, and he also... So if you were Jewish, he would,
2: have hired
0: if he, if <laughs> would be somebody. you Jewish, he would hire somebody. There's no question about it. Because he wouldn't know how to do it. That's the point. He wouldn't know how to do it. And here, here is also written, oh, Mr. Javi, you want to read the beginning of the one, next page? One, Seven? His to explain
1: Rossi's choice, we need to make the following purpose. In the next verse, God told Moses, make yourself a snake. Why was it important that he make it himself?
0: The student will remember that earlier... Here also, when he spoke about the snake, Hashem told Moses, make yourself a snake. You do it. You pay for it. And then he brings what, he, what we just learned from before. Go ahead. Sorry. The student... The student
1: Currently, when Moses is commanded here to make yourself a copper snake, he is to do so with his own resources.
0: Uh-huh. Aha! That he has to do it. With the, Moses has to pay for the snake. You hear what's going on here? Not enough he paid for him. God doesn't make a snake. He has to pay for it. They should pay for it. Who sinned? Who needs a snake? What a hot space this? Who needs a snake? Why should Moses pay, take out from his own account? Moses at this point was a rich man, you know, and he became rich from the, from actually from the tablets, the leftover from the tablets. Hmm. Sapphire stone, a little bit was left over, it was for him, he became rich. It wasn't a matter of what, why should he pay for it? They did it. This is perplexing. Um, You want to read it, Shevach?
2: This is perplexing. Moses provided the resources for the trumpets because they were for his own use to be trumpeted before him as a king. Rashi also writes, you make them and use them, but no one else. But why should Moses provide the resources for the copper snake? On the contrary, if its purpose is to heal the people who offended Moses, it should be funded by the community.
1: Why must must Moses provide the funding?
0: Who Who offended Moses? The community, they should pay for it, no?
1: How long did it take him to make this snake while everyone else was getting bitten?
0: I'm sure Moses did it very fast. Very, very fast. And could be Hashem made it. They should not be, I have to check in the marriage could, that they should prolong. They didn't die this second. It took a few hours until they died. They died from pain. That could be, while it was made, it was, they were, um, just the idea of this made them, made them uh, save their lives. Then why should Hashem make Moses doing it? That's a pain for it. Go
2: ahead. The, <coughs> forgive and forget, the Rabbi. How not to bear a grudge?
0: Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Y- how the, not to bear a grudge? Go ahead.
2: The explanation is as follows: the very concept of forgiveness, to forgive those who offend you, is not a novel idea of this Torah portion. We learned that from Abraham and Abimelech. After Abimelech begged his forgiveness, Abraham acquiesced and prayed for him.
0: Mm-hmm. This, to forgiveness is not a new idea. Forgiving is an idea as old as, it's from Abraham we already learned, he forgived. Can you turn on the activation if you don't mind? Go there, put it on one point lower.
1: You're freezing us out here. I'm <laughs> not, I can <laughs>
0: I need, I need to be uh, to be awake, guys. If I see if one of you falls asleep, it's not If I fall asleep, it would be embarrassing. Thank you. Continue. Then, for, I mean, already forgived. Moses, Joseph forgave Moses. Here is something more than that. What's the unique news about in the Pasha? Continue.
2: The unique factor in our Torah portion is how Moses forgave them. There can be instances where you claim to forgive the offending individual and you are even willing to do favors for him, such as pray for him, etc. However, you still retain a grudge.
0: Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. You know, forgive but not forget. You know that. Mm -hmm. They say that women forgive but they don't forget. (laughs) That's true. I mean, there is plenty of men too. But the point is to forgive. You can forgive people. Well, there is a little scratch left, you know? There's a little something there. Tough to trust them. Tough to trust them, on ma- many That's, levels.
1: Yeah, disregard, disregard that, uh, disregard that comment.
0: Forgiving, you see, <laughs> then you can even do him a favor. If he comes and you ask you for a favor, you do him a favor. You know, you're a mature adult. The guy comes, let's say insulted you. You forgive him, he came, he apologized, You forgive him, he asked you your favor, do him a favor. But you, to say there is nothing there that your heart is clean from a little bit of a gorge, from an insult that is still hurting you, that's a whole different level. That's what you're talking about. The sages of the Talmud...
1: The sages of the Talmud famously praise those who are insulted and do not insult, who hear their shame and do not respond. However, even if you do not respond to the offense, it doesn't rule out the possibility of retaining a grudge while ensuring that it isn't expressed in any way.
0: Yeah, the the, the Talmud is praising people who are forgiving, but it doesn't mean that they don't have any grudge in their heart. Here we are asking from a person for something more than that. However.
1: However, that is a cruel form of forgiveness. You don't plan on taking revenge, God forbid, and you are even prepared to pray for the good of the offender. If so, you may as well erase all grudges from your heart. Instead of hiding your grudge, just get rid of it. Refusing to let go is a form of cruelty. This is the lesson of this week's Torah portion. When you are asked for forgiveness, don't be so cruel as to refuse. God commanded Moses to fashion a copper snake with his own resources to teach us the importance of scrubbing our hearts clean of all grudges. God said that Moses should pay for the copper snake to heal those who offended him, to demonstrate that he bore no grudge against the people of Israel.
0: Really the Torah teaches us a technique, how not, how to clean up any grudges. When you are paying for somebody to save him from a punishment that he deserves because he hurt you, that you show that you really clean up your heart from any gorges that it's left. And that's really the hard work. God told them, pay for it. Work on yourself so hard that you don't have any, anything against them. You care for them. Like the best example is, it's your own child. How many times your children are insulting you and hurting you and make you angry and make you. You're all the grudges again then? Never. Not only this, you'll do anything to make them better, right? Because it's your child. That's what Hashem wants from us. We should feel the same feeling for another person. Not only because, and he said, what he says here, it's, it's cruelty. If you, you already forgive him, then why are you going around with the garage? Get rid of your garage. Once I said to Rabbi Jonathan, Rabbi Jonathan Sachs said once, he says when he had to move to a smaller apartment, he had to give, you know, people have the, you know, the mementos from his child when he was three years old and the other child when he went to school the first time in the picture from there and there. He said he had to give, he had to, he, had, he moved a smaller apartment after he, he, he retired from being a chief rabbi. He said, you have to give things away. You have to get rid of things. He says, then he understood what means to get rid of gorges. Mm. You have to get rid of it. You cannot cannot hold on to it. The best way to get rid of a gorge is when you sponsor the cure for the other person. To the person that hurt you, there is an amazing story about a chosid of the Alter Rebbe. His name was Repsender of Shiklov, I think. Shiklov was a city in Russia. When he passed, he passed away in a young age, and the Altar Rebbe came to offer condolences to his father. He told him, tell me about him, I see his neshoma is shining. Something unusual. Tell me stories, tell me about them. He tells them, you know, a few years ago, um, their business, the father and the son had the business, they used to buy tea from Germany or from somewhere, bring it to Russia and, and, and sell it. They were all sailors. Another Jew, who was Nagged, uh, uh, you know, there was anti hussid at that time the war was big. He was also in the tea business. And he went and he, and he informed to the government they're doing something not legal and they should stop the the buying. They already bought it, they paid the money. And but there before the government came, they were able to 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 hide it somewhere. Basically, the government didn't take it away from them. But while they were hiding and fighting and proving the government they didn't they didn't do anything wrong, meanwhile the tea got molded or got, got spoiled <laughs> and you couldn't use it, they lost they lost the business. They had to do another thing. Lost the business. What happened to the other guy who informed them? He had ISTE. Somehow the government got an old name and took away confiscated his tea. And he became poor too. And a short time after he became poor, he got sick. And he was on his deathbed, I think. And he engaged his daughter before that he needed money to pay. This chosid that this misnagged wound his business came to visit him when he was sick the guy was embarrassed he ruined his business and he came to visit him fine what he said a few words in the told him words of encouragement don't worry Hashem will love you and he left they saw that under the pillow he left a huge amount of money for his enemy the guy who put him out of business for no reason on earth he left the money under the pillow to help him, because he was sick in the family are in need. That when the Alter Rebbe heard the story, he said, now I know why is Neshoma shining, so, so light. It's called Levushim, why is such garments of the soul are so powerful? You see, a soul you don't choose, if you have a high soul or a low soul. Tzadikim are born with very special souls. They come with souls that the soul down here is just as, as powerful as when she's standing by God. What type of soul you're born is not up to me. What, which garment I'm wearing, I'm putting on the soul, that's up to me. The garments are the mitzvahs. What I do in life thats I put garments on my neshama. I dress her up. What are the clothing? It's up to us. Do you buy beautiful clothing? Oh, I put them on my pajamas. You know, everybody comes to God, and when Moshek will come, we will all go to greet them. Some people will be wearing suits, beautiful spiritual suits. Other people wear pajamas, but everybody will be there. Then he, when he came to to, after he, to offer condolences, he says, I see on these neshome beautiful garments. What is it? Tell me about them. And here the story says, Aha, now I understand. This is, the, this is what the, this message is. We learn from the story of, the, of Moses with the, with the snake. God told them, you pay for it. Why should I pay for it? They insulted me. Forgiveness is not when you are wrong. You know, people say, I was wrong. I went to ask for forgiveness. Forgiveness is when you are right. You understand? When you are wrong, you better ask for forgiveness. <laughs> forgiveness, to, even to ask for forgiveness, you say, I'm going to ask before Rosh Hashanah, the people go for you. keep it ask for forgiveness. You insulted me, I should come to ask you for forgiveness. You understand? That's what forgiveness is. My father is to reach out to other people, to, he apologize to people who insulted them, not to people who insulted them. That doesn't mean he never insulted other people. But I'm just telling you the fact. Many times I couldn't even understand. I wanted to I told them why are you going to bother to make peace with this guy? This guy is such a this and a this and he's insane. He insulted you. I mean, like kind of when I was a child, and I would never talk to him even. Why bother? My father made all efforts to go to school. That's what it's all about. We learn from this story mechan. From here, we learn the level that not only you should forgive other people. You shouldn't keep any guy, a guy came to, to for, ask you for forgiveness, or you forgiving him. Forget about the guy is asking you, you know, before, the, before, we say, before we go to sleep, the Shema we say at night, you know, the Shema, people think the Shema is one line, they fall asleep, that's the easy way out. That's like a five pages, guys. <laughs> I will not give you those five pages, but the first paragraph is, starts with, you start, I forgive to everyone who hurt me today. And be goofy in my body, in my money, if he touch my money, my possession, or my honor, or my dignity. In this, in this life or in the past life, I forgive him. The guy didn't ask me for forgiveness. But if I know that somebody insulted me, I don't want God to punish him. I don't want anybody to be hurt on my account. Then before I go to sleep, I say, God, please, God. Don't hurt anybody on my account. I forgive him. I'm telling you in advance, I forgive him. This is normal. Here we ask for more than forgiveness. Can you open the shot, look inside your heart, and say there's not even a scratch, a scratch, nothing? I have no inch of gorge on this person. And when I see him, it will be like I never saw him before. I love him. Oh, he's such a good guy very hard to, to, to be there. That's hard, ah: It's impossible. It's impossible. <laughs> Depending
1: on what they do. You
0: bet. That's impossible. You think the Torah is asking us to do easy things? <laughs> easy things. You don't need the Torah for it. Easy eating ice cream, we don't need the Torah to encourage us. <laughs> a mikveh of hard water going to the Atom. At, to I don't know. Nobody needs to encourage you. It's warm. It's good, right? The Torah, when the Torah tells you to do something. It's because it's hard and it's painful. But here is the reward. It is the. If you do it, God is doing it to you too. God is measure for measure, as I said before. If I don't hold one grudge on anybody, by the way, that's a tzaddik. Is, what? That's Moses. What do you think? It's talking about the uh, schleppers.
2: Hmm.
0: Tzaddikim do not have any grudges on other people. That's what a rabbi is. And that's why when a Rebbe prays to God, God listens to him, because he's on this level that he, there is nothing, nothing there for him. It's not about him. The Rebbe had a thousand institutions he never visited. It's not about him. He was not a part of the, of the conversation. When people wanted to Hasidim wanted to write a book about the Rabbi's life. The Rabbi was alive. They didn't know basic things. They could ask him. He, he doesn't... He was not a source for stories about them. Hmm. They went all over the world interviewing people, research. Hey, knock on the door, send a letter, and ask, what are you doing in Sorbonne? You were in this college or in this college? What are you doing in, in, in Berlin? What it was your brother, this brother, what was his name? He, it was never about them. He spoke for hundreds and hundreds of hours really said one little episode about himself that was usually, as to make a point, never about, oh, and I did, the word I didn't exist. That's a tzaddik. Then would you ask for us to be tzaddik, not for every day, yeah, let's not overdo it. But once a year, to give, to give up an argot once in a blue moon. Everybody, America is a country, everybody gets offended. The whole day people are getting offended. (laughs) I was offended, you said this, I was offended, you did this, I was offended. Everybody's offended the whole day. And it's time to give up on our grudges and to start a new, fresh life.